Hello and uh, welcome to the Forever Forest podcast. Uh, my name's Freebs and this is episode, I don't know, uh, but we are going to be talking all things Nottingham Forest away at Crystal Palace and uh, there's an international break now, so it might be a bit of a short one. Oh, we're going to end with a bit of poetry uh, or maybe put it in the middle, who knows. Uh, I'm currently sat wearing a genuine Nottingham Forest third shirt, Kieran's lounging on the sofa and uh, Holly's got uh, something behind it that says Uvert van Oh, and a Kate Bush cu- a cushion there. Uh, she isn't being joined by Kate Bush. So, yeah, without further ado, this is Who's With Me, uh, Holly Royal. Hello, Holly. It's been absolutely ages. How are you? I'm good, mate. Really, really good. I'm actually really knackered today because I had a massive, intense week of football, a week, a weekend of football. So, um, straight back onto work today. But yeah, really enjoyed the weekend and raring to go. That sounds like I got rat assed on the weekend and I've been hanging. There's a bit of that as well. <laughs> Go. Uh, Kieran, you've you been hanging or you're right? Is it just nice not being in the daddy chair for a week? Yeah, mate. It's good to have you back. Uh, instead of me flapping and trying to come up with some kind of running order out there, pulling it out of my ass. So, yeah, no, it's good. It's nice to be more relaxed. I feel like my voice is very different when I'm not hosting. I go too upbeat. It's, now it's I get to be back. Don't worry, it's, you, you don't flap. It's I know what you mean. It's just more responsibility to it. I mean, there's times I've thought, do you want to host and I'll come in and join? And I think I did it once when I was in India or somewhere. And it is right. Yeah. You just act a bit. You switch off at times. You go mind wandering. But when you're hosting, you have to constantly just be thinking, okay, <laughs> what, next? what buttons am I pressing? Don't destroy the world, things like that. Uh, one thing that used to destroy the world was forests away form. Uh, but this season is a little bit different. We're already on four points from uh, away. Uh, what was it last year? Eight for the whole season, something like that. I've got a feeling that was a stat. Uh, but yeah, Forrest uh, getting a wonderful. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna retract that. A wonderful point away from home. Although afterwards, Holly, I'm coming to come to you. You happy with the point after that? Because I don't know. If um, I... you know what? Not really. A bit like last week with Brentford with a weakened team. Um, I would like to have seen this been a bit more clinical. Um. The performance was there for me. Um, I thought we were really dominant again. We put some lovely stuff together, uh, but it's the same old thing of just not quite making the right decisions in the final third, that killer kind of ball. Um, frustrating because, you know, there was parts of that game where I thought we were all over them um, and we should have come away with a bit more than we did. But at the end of the day, it's still progression on last season. So we can't really be too downhearted, to be honest. Yeah, you're right. It's the same question to you, actually, Kieran. Um any point away in this league. I just did the radio thing with uh, Greg from Forza and he was saying any point in this league is is great. And it is ultimately for the game. And I kept saying this when I was having a few jars watching it in uh, Brighton. I'd have took a point before this. I'd have took a point before this. But, but when we were having the chances and the, the amazing qualities you will come to of the chances, I did at the end sort of be a bit like, that's three that kind of got away. I think everyone would have taken a point before the game until they heard about Palace's injuries and then that suddenly seemed to change the narrative and what we were expecting from it. But we've matched the point that we got last season and that's really what I'm marking most of this on. Um, It's not points dropped on where we were last season. Like Palace away, all right, we actually scored in that one, but we also conceded. It's a solid point. And there were actually a lot of other positives, I think, to be taken that, you know, none of them would have been as good as three points. But there's still things that we came away from that game smiling about, I think. I'm, I'm sure we're going to get on to a few of them. Start us off. What, what's, your, what's your number one? We can have a posit- positive Tron or positive Thon, whatever it might be. Well, but start me off with one and uh, or, or as many you've got. Maybe see if Holly's got some as well or she might have been battered by then. Who knows? 
Okay, well, this is probably an under-the-radar one, but Match of the Day gave us some bloody attention, even if it was yeah. to only say we came close to scoring. Um, we got, got a lot of feature. praise. We got our own feature on yeah. Match of the Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bottom of the running order still, but you know they actually gave us some, some attention. Uh, but as part of that attention, oh my God, Murillo, what a player. I, I, and I'm, I'm everyone's saying it, don't get carried away, he's still young. Coops has said it himself, and if anyone knows about youth player development, it is Coops. So I'm inclined to believe him. But the fact that this kid is coming in and looking so composed, so dominating, and changing the face of how we play is very, very exciting. Can you explain that? Very tell, tell me what you mean by changing the face. Because I'm i standing by that the first half against Brentford, he looked lost to fuck and his passing was all over the shop. And he was to blame for the goal in terms of not marking. However, I do think it was a good debut. And what do you mean by the way he's changed it in what you mean from those two games? Well, we've now got another option that isn't just get it round to one of the wing backs who's going to try and make a few yards down the side, release a winger. Um, we've now got this ball over the top, which is going to have, I know Worrell sometimes pings them about, so I don't want to make it sound like it's just Murillo, but the precision of that ball to Morgan Gibbs-White, and there was one or two others, um, he, he has got more in his in his arsenal, and then the dribbling as well. If the ball's at his foot, opposition are going to have something to think about, because if they leave him space, he'll take it. If they give him space, He'll, you know, it, it, well, that's the same thing, isn't it? But even if they're on him, you know what I mean? He, he, if they play high, he'll chip one over the top. It's now another avenue for Morgan Gibbs-White to get into the game and maybe bag a few more goals. I, I just think it's opened up options, um, especially away from home, that we might need. And I'm really looking forward to having Taiwo on the end of some of those balls as well. It's it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, very, very impressed with him. So you've given me two routes to, to, I mean, this is sometimes we, I mean, Kieran's probably more professional than me and writes them down, but this is one of those shows where I'm making this one up as we go along where we're going. So we'll often try and go off the back of what people have said. There's your little, uh, I don't know if that's a thing for younger people to go with how to not try and do broadcasting of any type <laughs> or not, but uh, I'm going to aim off the back to Holly with one or two questions. So Holly, I'm going to let you choose option A or cho- option B and which question you get. And I won't tell you what they are. Go on then, go with B. B, okay. So B was off the back B. of Kieran saying up to Taiwo. Uh, did it worry you how Forrest did look slightly toothless down the middle without him? Yeah. Um, I just, I came away with the thought that Chris Wood is not particularly good with the ball at his feet. Um, I don't think he gave us any options. Um, something was definitely amiss there. And to hear that Tyro's out for a month is quite worrying. Although, isn't that going to only end up a short period because of the international break anyway, which is quite good for us, a bit fortuitous, but, um, it does worry me slightly that um, you know we're going to have to make do for a short period of time. Um, I think he is the you know he's the bring on on eighty minutes kind of target man with his head kind of jobby, isn't he? I think for the well for the minute, I think that's where he's best utilised. To be honest with you, so yeah, I, we did miss Taiwo a lot. I think on 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 Saturday. And Origi, has he done anything yet to make you think that he's going to be anything different to that? Uh, Holly, what do you think you've seen from Origi so far? Because I don't think I've seen a thing. No, and we've not seen a lot, to be honest, have we? And what we have seen doesn't really pull up trees. <laughs> so, um, You're right. I'm well. We'll give him. We'll give him some time. Let's just see. I mean, he needs more minutes, doesn't he? Basically, uh, which I don't think he's really going to get at the moment. We'll give it. 
eight. They're putting on the shirt, Holly. We're always behind whoever it is, aren't we? Um, no, absolutely. Yeah. Kieran, that means you get option A question, which was who, if you're going to play Murillo, who do you think is your sort of uh, preferred centre back partner for him? For, and why is it Willy Bolly? Yeah, well, that's it, mate. Well, Willy Bolly's just playing out his skin for the shirt at the minute, isn't he? Um, someone's going to have to take it off him. And I, I, in the form he's in, I, I, I don't know if it was his best game that we've ever seen him have, but he, he's put in a few, a few shifts this season. For me, the Chelsea one really stood out. Some of the challenges yeah. in that, um, and even Brentford, he was, he, yeah, he's just been, he, he's been really reliable this season. And I think Wolves fans are probably looking over their shoulders at what they've like walk out the door because they probably could have done with him. Um, he, he's it, it, Bolly and Murillo at the minute until there's some catastrophic uh, catastrophic error or an injury between them. I just don't know why you'd shake that partnership for now. Nice problems to have. Nice problems to have that we've actually got the depth where we can be thinking about this. Uh, it's not us just saying someone's been shit and we need them out of the team and next man up. It's, you know, these guys have earned the shirt. How nice is that to say as Forest fan? We've got a team of players at the minute who are earning the shirt and there are players on the bench that are hard done by not being in it. I, th- I think long term, potentially near Carty, I still don't really blame him a great deal for what happened last week. I think there was a bit of a, a misfortune over the ball or something. It's been discussed, but I think Neocarty seems top-end quality as well. If Felipe was younger, I'd be more excited about that, but I think Felipe's... Which actually, it's just come up on the radio. Someone said, oh, it's great that Forrest has got Murillo and all this kind of offers. And I said, well, you've you've got to in this league. Remember Newcastle, first home game, uh, first game last season, and they had like Callum Wilson coming on and God knows what, and we were bringing on Alex Mighton. You know, the depth has changed beyond compare with this club already. Um, I, mean, I look at defensive midfield, I look at Yates, I look at Sangara, I look at, you know, um, Mangala, you know. The, the club is is getting in the right direction and we are picking up some gems that some people will be saying, where the hell are they getting them from? And I'm liking our South American adventures. I'm liking some of our European ones. Um, and obviously with the amount of players we've signed, there are some that aren't always going to work. But overall, the depth, if there's anywhere that you see it at the minute, um, Holly, where would you say that Forest and there's no transfers, nothing we can do about it until January, where still worries you? Because for me, it's up top. It's just, it's the only worry for me, I think. And we're probably going to see that over the next... Uh, few games without him but I think that's my only place I'm really concerned about that we need more depth yeah I would tend to agree with you there there's a bit of a, a, a gaping hole isn't there with uh, with Taiwo being injured um, and I wouldn't say Wood or Rigi are, are of the same kind of quality to be honest with you um, other than that no I agree I completely agree with Kieran you know we've we've got a fantastic depth now um, you look at our bench it's pretty much as good as our starting 11 so Feeling really confident, and we've made some fantastic signings. So uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Kieran, what do you think? Um, we we very rarely sort of go into a big depth with this on this uh, pod, but tactically and everything with that game, you know, there was it. It was I was having this discussion with somebody about Forest and saying about how it's a hard watch a lot of time in the Premier League because of their ten percent possession and stuff like that in most games uh, away, but you know some games at home as well. But we're getting used to this season seeing Forest a little bit more having the ball. We'll probably see it against Luton as well, because I think Luton are going to be a bit like Forest last season in some ways. But how do you think tactically we sort of set up for Palace? Do you think Forest just won't have a bit of a nibble? Do you think Cooper's still learning? Is it you know what what do you think in general about how Forest have looked maybe the last couple? I I don't think there's been too much wrong with the tactics, and it it, it probably is somehow still a controversial opinion there. I've seen a lot of people 
having a bit of a whinge and a moan that he's still setting us up too negative. But we've had the opportunities and all right, against Brentford and we had to play with 10 men, but we there were swathes of that game perhaps where we weren't creating enough chances. Absolutely not the case in this fixture. Uh, I think we had 16 attempts on goal and that doesn't happen that often for us. Um, there were good chances that we probably should have put away and that's not on Cooper. He can't do that part of the job for them. But we're growing into the game and we've got players who've got a bit more confidence now that the tactics we're playing are allowing moments like our centre-back to be high up the field and go on a bit of a run because everyone else has pinned the opposition back. Teams are treating us as more of a threat and so they should. So I think tactically the respect that is being shown to us by some more of the opposition is a really good indicator that we probably are there or thereabouts on that front and it is coming down to those those individual moments where you could be more clinical and if we start putting putting those away you'll start to turn those odd away draws into away wins and you know we won't be sat here talking about we were lucky to escape anywhere we'll be you know having games more, more like the Chelsea match where we come away um, and we've got a scalp and there will be scalps because that that's still where we are at. You know, I don't think anyone looks at Forest visiting and thinks, "Oh, we should get a point out of this one." Um, they think they should be taking all three. I, I think, and as long as we continue to develop in the way that we are, keep playing the ball quite neatly, bit of pace on it with some intent, the season's going to get better. Um, I'm. I feel relatively comfortable, which is always dangerous, but I do. I, I just, I just think we we look like a mid-table team at the minute. Well, we've we've gone we've gone away to the uh, the quintessential mid-table team in Palace. You know, that's the one that often people it gets put in the same sentence as a rainy rainy Tuesday night in Stoke, doesn't it? And stuff like that. It's kind of a mid-table Premier League against Palace, and I think it. Yeah, you're right. Injuries. Eze was out, loads of others as well. Um, Dean Henderson as well. I'm like glad I didn't have to see him trying to stop us anywhere. Would have still hurt, I think, seeing Henderson in another shirt at the minute. Um, Holly, I'm going to talk about keepers really briefly because um, how do you think? I mean, we didn't get a lot peppered at us with this stuff, but are you still fully in the camp of uh, over this time that Cooper may potentially, you know, be looking at what the other keepers are doing in training? Or do you think Turner's this? I think he's far from solidified, but how do you feel about him at the back? Um, I'm, I thought he had a really positive turnaround performance after the bit of a howler against Brentford. But as you say, he didn't really have a lot to do. And what he did have to do was decent. I think his distribution was pretty good as well. So on that showing, I'm quite confident that he'll keep his place. I don't think we need to start mixing it up at the back there. Um, I'm really pleased, actually, because, you know, it could have really dented him, couldn't it? Um, but he's obviously shown a lot of res- resilience, come back and had another another good uh, performance behind the stick. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy with with our goalkeeper at the moment. And it seems pretty harsh, actually. It's probably keeping. We've got a clean sheet away from home as well. Here, and you've got uh, you're either telling me four if you put a bet on something that's four, or you're asking me to say, uh, come and say something to go for it. Mate. No, I was just going to say, like, obviously, me and Holly had a, a good chat last week about Matt Turner, and that we wouldn't have been surprised to have him dropped this week. Mm-hmm. I think he, I, fair play to Cooper, because I, I, I won't hazard a guess, but I imagine. A team that's owned um, by a regime from Greece, having the Greek number one. I, you know, I don't think Cooper's not picking the team at all. 
But that's got to be one of those where someone's, you know, it might be casting a glance at some point. And it was it was nice to see that Turner got the nod and has come off the back of it with a clean sheet as well. Um, I don't. I certainly don't think we can ask any more questions during this time. Uh, until again, until something that's an absolute howler comes up or it's an injury. Yeah, stick. Let's um let's move slightly on to uh it's, we're doing quite well to cover quite a bit on a nil-nil draw, to be fair. This why it might be a slightly shorter pod and we're asked for some poetry then. Uh let's talk about the uh the, what match of the day described as the nearly goal of the month competition. So we're doing the reverse order. Um we've got uh God, why do I always forget the right back's name? The Argentinian lad. Oh Montiel. Montiel, Holly. Uh, the, Monte. Yeah, him and his scissor kick. Um, that one, I think that did well to get in there, really, because it was more of a technique. It didn't really sort of, it was sort of cleared a bit early, wasn't it? Yeah, I like Do the I... audacity of it, though. Why not have a go? I think you kind of get this feeling, don't you, that um, people sort of said to them, just go out there and express yourselves, give them a bit of license, which I like. So why not? You know, we want to see that. I think we go at teams a bit more than we have done in, in the past and even probably a little bit, I remember, in the championship as well. You know, like when there's been draws still, he's gone. I mean, I'm a big advocate of that from my football manager days. If it's if I'm drawing, it's near the end of the game and it's not too a team too near me, I just go at it. I always think three points is worth the gamble for the for the one that you've lost. But I guess it depends on sort of there's a lot relative to that. Uh, Kieran, uh, the uh, we have, we've discussed a little bit uh, the other one, but let's let's go with the, the Gibbs White uh, ball in and the techers on that and all that business. What do you think of that one? Uh, lovely pass. I don't think Gibbs White did too much wrong. I think what what was it they were saying on match today? They reckon it came off his heel mm. and he didn't strike it too cleanly. Um, just unfortunate. Just unfortunate. I don't know who I, was it. Dominguez behind him already looked like he was off celebrating. Oh, go no. back and watch. Yeah. Yeah, go well. back and watch the highlights. And when they do the camera angle from behind the goal, um, as the ball's heading towards the post, there's uh, one of our midfielders is. Uh, one finger in the air already thinking about heading to the corner to cheer that one on. Uh, again, this is what I, was, I mentioned earlier. I just think it's it, it will create another threat that mm. perhaps we haven't necessarily always had, um, which is a precision ball over the top, not mm. just a hoof it, Brennan will chase it. Well, that was, the, I remember that. And I can't remember if it was last season or was it the championship when there was a, there was a point when Joe Worrell thought he was Beckenbauer for about five games. I, I think got a feeling it was the Premier League for a season where, Joe, what are you doing? He just, he's, he got it in his head. Maybe, you know, when you've accidentally like won a, you've won a fiver on the lottery or something. So you just keep playing for the next four weeks because you think you're just going to do it. It's, it just, I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if he's got the techers for that, as they call it. But uh, the man who did pass the ball, Murillo, that one, oh, he's a, it's a real double-edged sword, that chance, because it shows an amazing amount of technique and it's a really good thing and an attacking flair. But anywhere but where he hit it, Holly. I know, so frustrating. And fair play to Johnson. I think he pulled off a really good save there, but um, it just came out of nowhere, didn't it? It absolutely stunned us all, I think, pretty much into silence in the uh, in the stadium. Um, but, oh my God, how wonderful is it that he has that in his locker? Oh my God, I'm so excited by this guy. You know, it's just, we never expected him to, to pull something like that off. So, fingers crossed that gives him a taste and uh, we'll see what happens next. But yeah, fantastic. So all in all, that's 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 all of the juice squeezed from the nil-nil lemon, I think, as much as we can. Tactics were all right. Had loads of chances. Nearly scored some amazing goals. Didn't. Kept a clean sheet. Oh, do you know what? My, my only sort of final point, I'll come to you with the Kieran, is because I went to speak to you guys after Brentford as well. 
Alanga obviously didn't start this one, um, and Callum uh, did. I really want them to have better initials, by the way. MGW is too hard to say quickly, and Chol is bad as well. I, anyway, I just can't. I call him Callum because Natalie does. So for those who don't know, that's my girlfriend, Natalie. She's a Chelsea fan, and she's like, so she goes, I feel really emotional seeing him play for you. She goes, I feel emotional because he just needed someone to love him, and I think Cooper will love him and all this sort of stuff. She goes, he looks so happy and all this kind of stuff. And so Cho and... Uh, I'm calling him, I just call him Morgs now. Um, but yeah, I just want him to get around the fullback a bit. You remember like with Brentford, obviously there'd been that early booking and stuff and Alangi, you thinking, just go to, get in that that last corner, you know, like the, where the pockets are on a snooker table, get in there near the corner flag and get round. And I, I just, I'd not really seen it enough yet with either of them. And unless that's a tactical thing where Cooper's telling him to come inside or something, but uh, what do you think of the general attacking f- the threat of those uh, tricky trees down the wings, Kieran? Well, again, the the threat now that we've got a ball over the top and we've got a front line, you know, you could you could swap any one of those three you've just mentioned in and out and they should all pose the same significant level of threat. That's very refreshing. Again, that's that's the depth that, that we want to see. Um, I think that they both are going to perhaps have to learn what it is to be a bit more industrious in a team that has to work for the result. Whereas I'm not saying that they didn't at Chelsea um, or, or United respectively, but you know, they're going to have to do more defensively than they've, than they've had to do in those teams, which takes a little bit more out the gas tank in the game. And that comes at a cost of, you know, at times when you're attacking, especially if you're chasing a game and you're not already in control of it. Everyone's got bags of energy when you're two, you know, three, nil up. Um, but when you're, you know, trying to come from one down, or you know, you, you're in a finely balanced game uh, that could be a six pointer at the wrong end of the league, that's that's when you really have to show your metal. I think they're just gonna, they're, they're still young lads. They're all still what twenty two, all of them twenty two. Uh, like, I think uh, Gibbs Wright is the old eldest. I think Hudson about twenty three. Yeah. Alanga's Hudson Doyle, Hudson Doyle is same age as Brennan, same age as Brennan. So, yeah. Um, Either way, like, so look, they're still work in progress, basically, and they're going to add strings to their bow while they play for Nottingham Forest, and it will take them on to being um, bigger and better players than, than they were when they arrived, but it doesn't happen overnight. So, I, and I'd hope that, similar to what you're saying, is, you know, Cooper gives them the licence to go and attack and try and take people on, but it comes at that, um, w- with the condition of you've got to get back as well, though. Yeah, I, I, I think they've got the flair to do it. I just want to see them just do people a bit more if I can. But, you know, talking about it, it's not a bad problem to have in some ways. And we were driving along somewhere, and I don't know if I was listening to the radio or something, or if I just got the forest shirt arrived, I can't remember what it was. And I, I sort of said to Natalie, I went, do you know what, I still feel a bit bizarre, but, like, happy I'm seeing Premier League badges on forest shirts. And there's a part of me that I think was just resigned to always be in championship and just, you know, doing my old speeches to people, going, no, that's all right, I like the championship, it's a good league. I hadn't looked at it once this year. How it's something has changed this season. Last season, I did a lot more. I kept going, Oh, you know, when we're getting like 10% possession, I was thinking, This league's shit, unless you're Man City. I was thinking, you know, it's just rubbish. And it wasn't just because of losing, because it's not like I'm used to Forest always winning, you know. But that said, there's a point coming here. And I start looking at some of the players we've got and looking at, you know, like Sangara, I think it's like really coming into it. You know, his first game, I think he's a bit shaky, but for me, that's why I'm thinking as well with Murillo getting used to each other don't speak the language that well things like that you know 
and look at some of the depth we've got and look at some of the players I'm saying that play for Forest now, Gibbs White and Hudson Adoy and so and so. I want you, and we'll start with you, Kieran, to tell me, first of all, for the listeners, when you first went to see a Forest game, for those who don't remember the first of a podcast you might have said it on, how old you were. And I want you mm. then instantly let us just get our you can do your journey if you want. So mine would be like 1991, uh Sheffield Wednesday away, and then Hereford at home in the cup or something. And then it was so 91, 92, relegated about 93. So I got a little bit of, I got a League Cup final. I got an FA Cup final that I didn't go to. Went to the League Cup final, seen us at Wembley. And then we got relegated. And then it was yo-yo-yo-yo and then Oblivion. So the point is, in that time, I've seen some absolute dog shit playing for Forest that I've tried to justify to myself in years past. It was quite exciting seeing Matty Lockwood signing from Leighton Orient. <laughs> I want you to tell me with your old retro hat on, and Holly, I'm going to come to you with this as well. Now we're enjoying this kind of Premier League renaissance and all this kind of stuff and these players are enjoying. What's looking back is either the shittest game or the worst player, if we're not going to pick on people personally, that you've seen in the time since we're outside the Premier League? Uh, well, 95, 96, I think was the right year for my first season. So second year in the Premier League under Frank Clark, still in Europe at that point. And Obviously, at five, six years old, you you have no real comprehension of what it is that's in front of you or the oblivion that awaits around the corner. Uh, so I basically came in for my first season. It was pretty much all downhill, bar yeah. one, one promotion back to the Premier League and then just a year of absolute torture. Um, you know, me giving it the big one at school and getting absolutely slaughtered by like United fans. And um, my best mate was a United fan. I think we were, we had our birthday party at Forest and um, we had to take the match balls out and did it at United 8 1. It was oh, awful. So, who's the worst? <laughs> let's go, let's go, cute with players. Who's the who, who do you think compares quality we've got now? Who do you think is one of the ones that you look back and go, oh my god. And why did uh, they, why were they signed by Fowers? <laughs> I think there were some worse ones in that time, though. There, there definitely were, and there were players that you tried to convince yourself were going to change the game. Eugene Daddy, when when he came in, and we we're all like, "Oh, this is it. We're going to." David Frio, probably the most disappointing signing, um, had had high hopes for him. Yeah, those League One days, they were dark, mate. Dark. <laughs> Gino Padula. Oh, D David Jones was the one for me that we got from somewhere like Stockport or Rochdale. It was like, he's been banging him in for Rochdale in League Two. Oh, was it Gar Gary Jones? Gary Jones, that's it. Yeah, I, I used yeah, to... Yeah, Yeah, he was, he was, he was useless. But then we had the likes of, um, you know... Um, Gomez. Robbie Blake on loan and not signing them. <laughs> Oh, like, Robert Blake and Summerby. That was a quality time, wasn't it? Um, Holly, yeah. who is your player that you are glad we don't see anymore? Where do you start? I they mean, were some dark years, yeah, weren't they? Years, yeah. Where do you go? And, and there's so many that you completely forget and someone shouts a name and you're like, oh my God, I completely forgot about him. He was absolutely rubbish. I mean, I mean, the ones that really stick out for me are the replacements that we had for Ollie Burke. I think oh, it was God, Dimitri... Who? Dimitri and Lika and I think it was Carriol as well, wasn't it? It turned out to not be so bad. But players, it's like, who the hell are these guys? They they barely played. We were told that they were 
like for like replacements for Ollie Burke, who we were all absolutely distraught got so, uh, got I mean, uh, sold. I mean, Holly um, didn't that bad. Ollie Burke really did it. Well, I'm, I mean, that whole period was just so dark, wasn't it? Everything about it was just awful. Um, obviously, not compared to the the League One days, but it was awful in different ways. You know, an absolutely complete buffoon for an owner. Uh, that thought we could buy Tesco footballs. I mean, it just, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how big it got. What um, a twat. I'm sorry. <laughs> just, that's what to get lightly. I mean, it was easier when you had to put it in a song about him, but I'll tell you what, being able to sit on a podcast and go, what a badger head fucking twat that man was. Uh, thank you. Uh, you know, just to put, a, put a, a, a rating on our pod there for you straight away. It's a slightly shorter pod this week because I've not upgraded the Zoom. So rather than trying to stop it and do something else, we've got six minutes, which is just enough time for me to chuck in here some of the limericks I've asked you guys to tell us about. Now, I've not read these, but I can see from Elliot's here, I don't think this is a limerick. I think this is... It's going to take some uh, some of my uh, skills here is trying to deliver lyrics, but I want you guys in the true um, Strictly Come Dancing fashion to give me a score out of 10 on these uh, these when I give them. So first of all, we've got from uh, Premier Elliot, Elliot Bauer. Thank you very much. Always a uh, big supporter of the pod. This is the City Grounds Our Parlour. We have Aurel Mangala climbing up the table with Cooper with Stable, with Taiwo scoring the goals and Turner between the sticks. We're no longer underneath the earthworms licking their dicks. So... It was a strong start, Elliot, but I know what you've done at the end there because you've quite clearly tried to quote me on my angrily moment when I hated us losing to Wolves. What, uh, Kieran, out of 10 on that one? Seven. Seven, Holly. I love the fact that he's sort of shoehorned in two extra lines, so I'll probably give him an extra couple of points for that, so I'll go with eight. An eight, Jesus. Um, Simon Crosby, Cy underscore Crosby. There once was a man called Murillo who can defend with his head on the pillow. He set up Gibbs White, made the defence look shite if he only finished like Danilo. Kieran? Oh, I'm giving that an eight. Eight, Ollie? She's going higher. No, I, I reckon an eight as well. Are you? Yeah, I think you know you've all gone a bit high with your numbers straight away. Okay, Mark yeah. New, Mark underscore new underscore writer. A Brazilian named Murillo screamed all night into his pillow. I can see what's coming here with Murillo. Himself to berate for hitting it straight when a bender would have made that net billow. Oh! Hey! And from me, Mark. Kieran? You've gone ten. I have because of the word uh, with net billow at the end. I quite like that. Yeah. But I've head on the pillow. It's been done. It's been done once it's not his already. Fault that Simon Crosby sent it in. It's not his fault. It's not thing. his fault. But it's been done. I've heard it. Six. Simon S- Holly. Six. It's all getting. <laughs> it's all getting a little bit strictly, isn't it? Um, no, I'm going nine. Darling. Nine. Okay, Holly. Yeah. Simon, if you see Mark, can you have a limerick war by the side of the trend? Capacity <laughs> and function. The most sweet voice that we have uh, when we do our uh, red hot takes. Come on, please be good. Please be good. I'm not looking yet. Here we go. Cooper took his team to Palace. I, do you know, I didn't go with Palace because I didn't think it'd be easy to rhyme with, but this man is class. Here we go. Cooper took his team to Palace with a waveform, a poisoned chalice. Boris tried for the win. Murillo, boy, where to begin? Even Roy took the point without malice. Oh, it's another 10. Yeah, I'll give 10. Yeah, yeah that's lovely. Yeah, give him a 10 as well. And I think that's also because I'm imagining it in his voice. Cooper took his team to Palace. With a waveform. <laughs> Don't do I, the boys. I could Don't do I can never do it with It'll... the honestly. I, I'm not even remotely, I absolutely adore that man's voice. Um next up we got Stu um at Galaxy underscore 42. There was a young boy from Brazil who was blessed with tremendous skill. He 
dribbled past eight, but he hit it too late. So his goal tally still equals nil. I mean, it's not my favorite lyrically, but it is with charm and humor. Kieran? Yeah, it's spot on for a limerick. I'm going back to another seven. All right, Ollie. Yeah, not to keep copying, but seven, yeah, I reckon seven. Okay, okay, there we go. So listen, I think we're going to do that a bit more. I quite enjoy doing the limericks, although I might have to do a thing where, yeah, I just, listen, if you're listening and you've got, um, if you're going to do one next time, try and think of your first line not rhyming, you know, see what other people have done and try and change it out one. Get a bit of variety. Um, if you can also say in the comments who you remember as your darkest player having to, uh, you know, darkest times and, you know, player that you remember seeing in the time when Forest away from the, the top flight, we'd like to see that. Um, Holly, it's been a pleasure. I don't want to leave it as long without seeing your face or Kieran's for, for this long. I'm sorry I've been out at very many different things and God knows what. Um, but there's the beauty of having the wondrous Kieran to be able to help out as well. Are you all right, Kieran? Are you, you're happy in that chair, yeah? Do you want to stay there for a bit? I'm very comfy. I'm thinking about having a whiskey. He does look very comfortable, actually. Kieran's been doing this one remotely. Uh, thank you, Kieran, as well. Um, there's a bit of an international break, so God knows when we'll be back. So um, it won't be long, maybe a couple of weeks or something. And we'll be talking Luton. about Luton at home. So if ever a team deserved it for uh, having a go at Jed Spence that time, uh, it's them. Uh, you Reds, and I will see you all next time. You Reds! You Reds! You Reds! You Reds. <laughs>